Hello and welcome back to the Football Chat Podcast. It's episode 106 today where we'll be discussing the 2026 World Cup and why we should be all very much excited for it. Of course, we are only, what, four months since the last World Cup, so it's a little bit early to be discussing the 2026 edition, but Qatar 22 was such a good tournament. I think they, USA might improve in it. What are your thoughts to kick off today's video, Harry? What, do you, what are your initial thoughts heading into 2026? I mean... I mean you- in terms of the actual on-pitch football, I think it would be very, very hard to top Qatar 22. We saw brilliant scenes in the final, in the semi, in the, right through the tournament. You know, Really, really yeah. good games of football. But Off, I'd say even ter- so, probably the most dramatic group stage of all time. And you yeah, mentioned yeah, that the yeah, semis yeah, in the yeah, final. Yeah. but And then, I mean, off the pitch, there's obviously a lot that, you know, in terms of just being in a different country, you know, just adds, just makes it so much better. And obviously... I mean, for English people, like, you know, I could speak the language, I could listen to weird American opinions. Um, <laughs> that is perhaps the worst reason the World Cup's going to be good, for English people. Uh, no, I, I don't think that we're going to go too much into the different ethics of, you know, the Qatari state and the United States, because I don't think either are perfect. Um, but, yeah, today we're going to talk about mainly the positives, mainly the stuff to do with the football and of course what effects it being all across the United States will have. Of course then location as we've mentioned USA, Mexico and Canada are joint big. Well it is isn't it because when usually when a country hosts every stadium is within at least 100 miles of another one right? Like if you think of the UK yeah, was to host there'd be is, about five different ones in it London. Is, it is very bizarre. You know I think America on its own would have been enough but Canada, USA and Mexico There's a, that, that's a lot of miles it is I, I don't think there's too much difference between having just USA having Canada or Mexico it's still the same size as Europe so it's going to feel different and this is one of the points I noted down actually was that will the vast cultural difference across America be better or worse for the tournament because when you're in one country yeah there's different like a different accent in the north and the south of England but overall you get generally the same sort of people. You know, there's no yeah. massive differences. But, like, between Ohio and Los Angeles, they're completely different people. So, oh, yeah. it's like they're individual countries, these states. So, it is going to feel like we're going to a continent, especially since it is yeah. all of which, North America. Which obviously would never happen, which is why there maybe are a few reservations over... You know, well, Euro 2020, the initial format is supposed to be across Europe. And we did end up seeing a lot of games across Europe, though, you know, I think we only remember the England games because they were pretty much all in England. Yeah. And they're the ones we watched um, most prominently. But, yeah, obviously that was all across Europe. And I do think that it, the tournament lacked that sort of community feel, whether that was just because we were just out of COVID yeah. when the tournament um, was played. I don't know. It's but... going to be interesting to see what happens. Because, as you say, different people, different rules across different states. Yeah, in one rule you might be allowed to do something that you're not in another one. So, yeah, it's it's going to be quite interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, but I've noted down that it could be less defined but more inclusive if you think that there's probably going to be, there's going to be a state that involved, that you know, you're welcome at or that you feel a part of. And obviously, by covering all of America, everyone gets involved. I think it's also interesting to have three home nations. I mean, obviously, that does affect the qualification 
point of view. I, I don't think so. We've, we've, so we've seen joint bids, of course. Japan, South Korea, I believe, is the most recent one in 2002. But I think that the difference is, places like that, say they did one where the whole of the UK hosted it, that would still be nowhere near the same size yeah. as even just America. Or well, Canada. Let alone Canada. Can- Canada's yeah. probably bigger than... Let alone Canada, America and Mexico. Equally much to Canada is like... It would probably just be some no, isn't it? America. Well, yes. well um, we ha- I have noted down the actual venue. So Canada does only have two grounds, Vancouver and Toronto. So I guess when you look at it and which, go, that isn't really Canada's two, that's, two games. Yeah. The two stadiums, in, they'll probably host two, maybe three yeah. games. But... Um, yeah, so 12.5% of the matches are expected to go to Canada. Which, to be fair, considering that there's going to be quite a lot of matches, you consider yeah. we'll get into obviously the whole format a little later, but, but that's not bad for I, Mexico. I just have, yeah, what if you're playing a quarter final in Canada. Canada and then you've got a semi final in Mexico? Well, I imagine they'll do what they do at most tournaments. They'll have like one side of the draw all plays on the same sort of path. Yeah, and then the nice. other one all plays on the same sort of path, and then you, yeah, you don't get the final venue. What are the finals in middle America, and you're, you're in Canada or Mexico? Well, well yeah, well, it's, it's going to be a longer tournament, of course, and we'll get into format, as I say, later. But just have a look at some of the stadiums then, see who's being represented. You've got the MetLife, so USA have 11 different stadiums. You've got the MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, AT&T Stadium in Texas. You've got the Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas. You've got NRG in Texas again, so two Texas stadiums. Great. Uh, the Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta, and then GA, I don't, I don't know one, all the it? states. Mercedes-Benz is, yeah. is the biggest one for me. That, oh, a huge I can't remember which one's hosting the final. But it, well, you've got, well, it could be the Hard Rock Stadium in, Miami's, yeah, in Miami, Florida. True. Gillette Stadium in uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts. You've got the Levi Stadium in California. Lumen Field in Washington. Lincoln Financial Field in PA. Philadelphia, I think. And then SoFi Stadium in California, so quite a lot of you cover quite a bit of America, but then yeah, you've got so like two in California, I think. Two in Texas. Two in Texas, and not many in the sort of middle. I guess you've got Texas, so you've cut that covers all of the middle of America and, and Kansas as well. No, I can't say I'm massively clued up on America, but. Yeah, so 11 different venues, two in, uh, me- sorry, three in Mexico, one in Guadalajara, and one in Monterrey, and one in Mexico City. That makes sense. Estadio Azteca, Estadio BBVA, and Estadio Akron. So you're going to have two two stadiums for Canada, three stadiums for Mexico, 11 stadiums for the USA, covering a lot of ground that's going to be. Um, do you think that an environmental factor will be considered going into this World Cup? Because well, be. you imagine the teams will be flying. The travel This miles. is going to be... Quite the costly because well, team, FIFA have pledged to be net zero, I believe. The fans, like, what if you, you look at all the people that did are oh, going to every World Cup game in, in Qatar? You well, if they, they could all use public transport, couldn't they? Which you can't do that in uh, when you've got to fly from Monterey to, to yeah. Toronto. But you know, even but what, you know, if you're a neutral fan, you might want to watch one game in Mexico and then probably hop on a flight and then go to Canada. Well, that, then you just have to make a choice, don't you? The only yeah. reason Qatar was so accessible for challenges like that was because yes, like, in, they in were Miami all, yeah, because exactly. They were just built in the middle of a desert. They just put them all in the middle of uh, one yeah, of the country. Containers. Yeah, and that's now been shipped off to help underprivileged teams yeah, and players. Quite that's quite, yeah, that's one of the many good aspects. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I, I have my reservations about the tournament location. Do you? Yeah. Also, yeah. the fact that they call it soccer is just going to probably annoy the 
hell out of me. I think it's alright. I think this will be a fun World Cup for cultural aspects. Maybe it will teach them how to say it properly. Maybe, maybe it will. I think it's huge for for football to have America hopefully get more involved because it is the biggest country. It's the country with the yeah. biggest sway over the world. So, yeah, a country with a lot of power, a country with a lot of people will be useful for football to break into that market. So, it could be, yeah, I think the World Cup's yeah. going to be good. 2026, hopefully very competitive as well because we've got some really good young teams currently that I think in three years' yeah. time... Should be Absolutely. looking it, it really strong. It's still a while away, but yeah, and a lot of us put a lot to change between now and then. Mm. Um, we've got a whole Euros in between, and a Copa America, yeah. and Afcon, and nations various League. other tournaments. Yeah, oh, oh my the favorite. Nations League. Come on, but yeah, should be very exciting on the format change then, because obviously we do have a massive change. This is probably the biggest change to the World Cup we've seen in over 40 years. I think it was the last time that the format has changed, maybe 30 years, um, so don't quote me on that. But it has been a while since we've seen yeah. a major format change. The big news, 48 teams increased from 32. What are your initial thoughts? It's big. I, I think it's important, I, 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 though. Again, I have my pros and cons. It's brilliant to get more teams involved. You know, to give maybe teams that haven't managed to get in in previous years a chance to get in. But it's just a lot more games. It's a lot more, you know, you play a lot more stress on players. Is it? Well, yeah, they haven't played, they have played more games. It's one more game per nation entry. To, if they were to reach the that final. Could, that, could be, that could still be another, you know, 150 minutes if a game went to penalties. It could be, but I I don't think that's a nest. I don't I don't look at that and go, well, let's not let sixteen more teams compete because that's going to lead to more. I don't know. I, I think it's good that we're allowing more teams to compete. If people had reservations, tournament as well. Indeed, it's going to be about five or six weeks potentially. Well, usually, it'd probably be what four, five. Weeks. Usually, we can get it done in four weeks. I mean, Qatar was done in about three days. <laughs> yeah, final <laughs> first game tournament. It's about three yeah. days off for the final, but. Yeah, that quite, would, that would be I proud of it. Going to forty eight teams means that it will quite literally be impossible for it to ever be played in Christmas again. It'll yeah. now it will now have to be played in the summer. Yeah, there's quite, quite literally right. no way on earth you could fit a forty eight team tournament in three weeks. I think it's a big positive because when the thirty two team tournament was made up and created, I think we only had hundred and forty recognised FIFA yeah. national teams. Of course, now we're over two hundred. So I think it's crucial that we again, you know, recognise the growth of football. Could it, I mean, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, as I said, to see more teams join in. And obviously, you shouldn't let teams. You shouldn't not. You shouldn't let team. You shouldn't not let teams in because they might get battered. But could it? You know, could it fall a favourite for one of the big teams if they draw like if they draw three new teams? That have cut, you know, come in. I mean, that is unlikely because of the seeding system. No, so... no but what, what I'm saying is that it, I guess it gives more of an opportunity for other te- you know, teams to get a nice, easy group. Potentially, but does that not just set up a, a more interesting knockout round where we have all the best teams get through? Rather than seeing some giants get knocked out in the groups, which is exciting, don't get me wrong, instead we get these titan clashes in all of the knockout stages. But I do agree, maybe adding more teams makes the World Cup less exclusive. Because yes, they're going to get there, and brilliant, that's a brilliant achievement. But if they're going to get there and lose each group game 5-0... Well, 
Well, if we take a look at the FIFA World Rankings, you can continue making your point while yeah, I look this I, up. I just think, and again, you know, I think it favours some sides. Say England, France. I mean, obviously I know France won, but say they drew each other in the uh, round of 16 of the World Cup. And France had come from a group where they beat teams seven nil every you know, every group game. England had come from a group where they had to play Brazil or I don't know, you know, other tough teams. Yeah. So so forty eight so, teams is the new tournament, right? In at forty eighth right now is the Republic of Ireland. But if to put this in perspective, forty ninth is Saudi Arabia, who did qualify for the twenty twenty three twenty twenty two World Cup and look good. Well now. of course, but I don't think it's a negative like, to see aren't Brazil like, top. Yeah, I think so. Well, they've had the most sustained success in the international tournaments over the last few years. Yeah. But, yeah, so teams that will be there that weren't there in 2022 are teams like Ireland, Ivory Coast, Paraguay, Mali, Turkey, Norway, Scotland. I think it makes the tournament better to have some of these teams in there. Of course, you're going to get a few more duds, but you'd imagine that it's still going to be the 48 best teams. And if that, and if you just get one of these per group, you can still have excellent groups. I mean, you turned your nose up there at Ireland, but they're one of the most exciting young teams in the world right now. With towns like Evan Ferguson coming through. You know, I think they're one of the strongest teams. You've got Gavin Bazunu. You've got such talent coming through at Ireland right now that maybe they will yeah, be competitive yeah, in a few yeah. years' time. I guess. I, d- I just I think it's positive to allow more and more teams to compete. We'll see, see less things like eighth placed in the world, Italy not I mean, qualifying. Again, I mean that 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 standings there will massively change come three years. Oh, of course, yeah. And, I mean, it won't actually matter in the actual when it comes to qualifying for the tournament. Yeah, well, it won't mean a thing. But uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it's a, it'll be interesting what happens in the three years. Obviously, there's another international mm-hmm. tournament. Teams like Ireland. I know they might prove me wrong. Might be, a, might be in a brilliant spot by then, but I highly doubt it. I don't think they'll win the Euros, but I think they'll be a good team by twenty twenty six. Maybe. Maybe they could win the 2028 Euros with a bit of luck. Who knows? No. Mate, Wales reached the semis a few years back with Gareth Bale and nothing else. So, who knows? But if Ireland win the Euros for England. I will just quit England. Um, but yeah, uh, so this is how teams will qualify. Sixteen from UEFA. I don't think that's massively up on what it is now. In fact, that might be the same. Yeah, 16 come from Europe. So a third of the teams will be European yeah, sides. That's, that's not bad, saying that America is probably bigger than Europe. Yeah, probably. Oceania then gets a confirmed one. At the moment, they don't get a spot of the World Cup. The only way that an Oceania side can get through is if they top the Oceania qualifiers and then go and beat some Asian sides. But now Oceania will get a confirmed spot and a third of a spot. Because they obviously then one more could get through in the qualifiers. So we yeah, should see. Who is that's Australia, New Zealand, and Fiji? Yeah, teams like that. Indonesia, I Do think. Fiji quali- never no, they might be in Asia. Yeah. Who? There's some strong teams down there. But it's just going to be like Bob and his mate. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, is it, isn't it? Right. You've got New Zealand, you've got uh, SOL, what's that? So, uh, Somalia, I think. Papua New Guinea, uh, Fiji, Tahiti, uh, Vancouver, something like that. Apologies again if I've got any of these wrong. But there's going to be some decent little teams there. What? No, there's not. <laughs> well, you can't go off. American New Guinea Samoa. decent. Currently 191. Uh, I, I just... I think it's good they've got a gu- guaranteed spot, though. Yeah, 
Because at least Australia, Australia are guaranteed Australia. to That's be the thing. There. If, but that's, if that... If they get two teams through, that means there's two teams that are good enough to beat Asian sides. Yeah. What do Asia get? And so the Asian Confederation gets eight now. Eight and a third. Africa gets nine. Uh, CONCACAF. That's, That's quite big for Africa, you know. That is. That, yeah. I can only really name Morocco, Egypt, Nigeria. That's quite a few good Algeria, teams. Algeria, yeah. Ivory Coast. There's quite a few good teams there, yeah. Yeah. See, that's better, though, than rather than giving one to Papua New Guinea and Fiji. Then we've got six from CONCACAF. Where's that? That is... I always get mixed up between CONCACAF and CONCACAF. can't remember which way around they are. CONCACAF's like the little islands, isn't it? Con- is CONCACAF North America or South America? I think CONCACAF sounds like it's South, South America. Yeah, because CONCACAF. So uh, CONCACAF will now get six and a third and then another third. So they get entered into two different playoffs. But when you consider that's America, Canada. Mexico, Canada, that's already three. But they get through automatically because they're hosts, Of they? course. And then you have another three from CONCACAF. We'll just check. Yeah. Who's so that going to be? Costa Rica, then? Panama, Jamaica. That's a strong three. And if not, you've Sorry. got teams like El Salvador, Honduras. Panama smacked about. Costa Rica actually looked pretty decent. Yeah, Costa Rica uh, could be a good side. since Jamaica play football. Mate, Leon Bailey. Oh, they're going to... Ow, they're going to cook. <laughs> he cooks so much. He slaps his mic. Amari Hutchinson is oh, apparently... Do you know what? Yeah, going to declare for Jamaica. So they could be a decent little team. They, yeah, they, they, they used to have Wes Morgan. I don't think he'll be around by 2026. No, I highly doubt it. Uh, should we see if we know any other Jamaicans? Leon Bailey is going to make that team. But yeah, no. That's, pre- that's pretty... That's... Well, just checking the Jamaican nationals. Oh, they don't even have a squad on here. Oh, brilliant. I haven't given them a squad. But you've got Haiti, Trinidad and Tobago. Guatemala, Suriname, uh, there's no Nicaragua. Who plays for Guatemala? Dominican Republic. There's no way they found twelve people to play for Guatemala. Cuba, Barbados. That's some interesting ones here. That's quite a lot from Cockcraft, to be fair. Um, So that should be so six there, six and then a third, and then another third, and then six from Comnable as well. So which is quite harsh. Yeah, when they're given. So when the fact they're giving three to the host nations and three to because as soon as you go Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, Colombia, Chile, Ecuador, there's none left. There's a th- then the next yeah. team has to get through. Peru, great. Peru Paraguay, yeah. Venezuela, Bolivia. That's only four. I left, guess it's then, small, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. It's quite a small federation. Yeah, really that many countries in South America. When you think about it, they're quite big, aren't they? Brazil's like huge. And Chile is literally just the whole south, uh, the whole west coast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> South Coast on the no, side, no. yeah, smashed it. But yeah, so that's uh, that is how they will be divvied up. Quite interesting that. And of course, we did think there could be what well, three team groups were suggested. Luckily, they've been that off now. FIFA and they have officially stated that it will be twelve groups of four teams rather than eight. I mean, it's three groups on Football Manager. It is. That'll be the only uh, form that exists in. Yeah, so twelve groups of eight. 12, 12 groups of four rather than the current eight, so that'll so give you. Eight for Lyme, playing so once you send the no, top that two. That is terrible, mass. 96 games out of it. 96 teams out of it. Once you send the top two through, that'll give you 24 teams. I imagine they'll make up the other eight by doing the same thing as the Euros do and giving. Um, put, putting you through based on who's got the most points. Is I imagine how that will go. That's rubbish, isn't it? Is it? Isn't thing is, though, if you had more time, they'd probably like do a playoff round. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But yeah, so it'll be 104 games rather than the current 64. 
I mean, this is the games you're talking about, but that's not for the players. The players don't all play. No, that's a lot of games for the fans. That's a lot of games for the broadcasters. That's a lot of games for us. Yes, we're streaming. That's a lot. 2026, three years time. Who knows where we'll be? Also, it's going to mean that people miss big games. There's so many games going on. You're bound to miss games. Not necessarily. Four games a day, you should see all the groups. Yeah, but... It'll only be those final groups that matches, which is usually but if you're when you miss games. four anyway. games a day, you've got to watch 104 games well, four that's, games that's a day. the usual I mean, Euros. I love, I love football, don't get me wrong. But 104 games, it's a lot. It is. It is quite a lot, but I'd still watch it, 100%. I will, but I'll probably be a little bit fed up on the final. No, I won't be, actually. If England yeah. are there, definitely not. I'll... <laughs> Oh, England have to win it. That's okay. what I do. It will be so competitive. Yeah, uh, we've got a closing question. I don't know how much longer this uh, will make this pod, but yeah, it's been a decent length. But what makes a good World Cup? As a sort of closing question, and of course, you guys can get involved in the comments down below. I want to hear from you guys what makes what you think makes a good World Cup. We'll give a sort of an answer here. What do you think makes a good World uh, Cup? I Harry? have two things: entertainment factor on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, football has to be good they're all nil-nils what's the point it's dull might as well go watch the Premier League yeah um, and then I think availability to the world to the to the fans whether they're going and travelling there do you mean accessibility yeah not availability that's like yeah <laughs> people can yeah. watch it yeah okay no, but in terms of being able to ev- everyone can get there so no matter what kind so of inclusivity sport, yeah. as well maybe but yeah. also in terms of fact yeah, so it can be watched globally Mm. in every country because there are Guatemala fans if they make it to the World Cup then they're going to want to watch it I don't know if football's available in Guatemala I think they know what football is in Guatemala yeah they might not to be fair I don't know much about Guatemala so I'm not going to yeah, give it a comment accessible and it has to be entertaining mm-hmm. My my favourite thing about the World Cup is the community feel that the country sort of takes on for a few weeks. You really get an insight into... That's why America worries me. Well, yeah, I was about to say that. You get an insight into the culture of the country. I remember back to Brazil 2014. It was 2014, Mm. wasn't it? It was brilliant. You know, the Vuvuzelas are a bit annoying, don't get me wrong, but, you know, seeing the Brazilian culture, the flair, the style, the music, it was just amazing. I thought... You know, you really get an insight into their culture. You really feel like you're part of that country. I feel like everyone in the country feels like they're part of something for four weeks. Yeah. I think that's a really crucial element of the World Cup. I fear that with it being in America, where the whole, like, there's everyone's split up. It's yeah. like if you did it across Europe, maybe we will lose that individuality, that community feel. Because there will be certain ho- there will be certain states that don't host it. You might have to travel three hours, four hours to get to the nearest stadium. Still. The only thing I will Maybe say is also that. that America very much so has the infrastructure of course, to hold yeah. the World Cup, which is obviously vital. Yeah, and it has it hasn't been long since the last time the US held the World Cup in nineteen ninety four. Considering that, that close. Yeah. considering that England haven't hosted one since sixty six, we won it. But, Why are we not hosting it again then? You know, it's been 57 years. Well, England are in the bid for 2028 well, Euros as well as the 2030 World Cup. By the time we get to 2026 World Cup, it's been 60 years since England had won it. Is it coming home in America? It is. Some uh, very early predictions, but yeah, hopefully so. We're already excited, you know, we've got some internationals 
you know, this is going out on the Friday. So people yep. that joined us yesterday to watch Italy England. Hopefully, hopefully the millions. That. And obviously we're live well. again on Sunday. Yeah, join us for that. England Ukraine. It should be a good game. England second game in the World Cup qualifiers hosting Ukraine. Of course, by the time this goes out, we'll know the Italy results. So either Probably you not. guys will be crying in the comments or we'll be joyous no, like, in the comments. Yeah, a bit of optimism. We're yeah. bad at Italy, and here we are. This could look horrendous if we've lost six it's now. Maguire is now like yeah, playing, got sent off. Hundred percent, one hundred percent happened. But yeah, yeah. No, looking forward to twenty twenty six. Indeed, very excited for it. In the meantime, loads more football. Make sure to join us uh, for all the coverage here on TFC. But of course, that is where I think we'll bring this podcast to a close. It's been a nice conversation today. If you have enjoyed, make sure to leave a like, comment, and of course, subscribe if you're new around here. It massively helps us out. Don't really have a subscriber goal this year, but it's just as many as we can get. And building a beautiful community over here. Lovely phrase. All hit stars, obviously. Yeah, all crash and burn. But <laughs> hopefully that's what <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that is all for us today. Thank you all very much for watching or listening, and we'll see you next time. See ya.